thanks for being on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Looking forward to it. If you, uh, if you just want to start by uh, saying who you are and what you do. Okay, I can probably do that. Um, my name's Dan Bublitz Jr. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something if I got that answer wrong? You're like, uh, Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just another comedian you've probably never heard of. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, so that's my profession, uh, comedian. Uh, yeah, so my name is Dan Bublitz Jr. I'm a comedian, also host a podcast called The Art of Bombing which Zach was just on a recent episode, uh, which was a really good uh, episode. And then, uh, yeah, in addition to that, I have a background in marketing. So Nice. Yeah, I, uh, I was on it. And uh, before that, I, I binged listened to a bunch of episodes. And it, I, it's a great podcast. Uh, I love the idea because I uh, love hearing comics talk about bombing. <laughs> they make for great stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's very much uh, something I listen to before I fall asleep and going, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah, there's, other, there's others. <laughs> That's one of the one of the other benefits about it, too, is that you by listening to it and, and me as the host having these conversations with comics, it's, I know that I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah. It's very satisfying to know that pretty much every comedian bombs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you've had like some really good guests that I'm like, oh, I love that comic. And then I, I love hearing like uh, their their bombing story. And I'm like, yes, I finally <laughs> I get to hear it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I've, been, I've been very fortunate with that. And it's definitely one of them things where you build it over time. I mean, it, it, like the newer episodes the quality is really you know for the most part it's pretty good i mean i'm sure it could still i'm always trying to improve but like the first few episodes were complete garbage technically content wise probably great because i had great you know some great comedians on there but like i literally had no idea uh, for that podcast other than uh i knew i wanted to talk to comedians about bombing and beyond that, I had no like plan on format or anything like that. And I literally just recorded conversations with my phone. <laughs> <laughs> like just the audio recorder thing? Yes. <laughs> I put it in interview mode and it would set mm. it on a table like a reporter and we would have these conversations. Like the very first episode was with uh, a great comedian, uh, Sam Miller. He's a comedian out of Washington. Very funny guy, just a sweetheart of a guy. And we did it. I was out in Washington for some shows and then we met up to go to an open mic. We went to this open mic. And then after this open mic, we sat out on the patio of the bar and recorded this episode to get away from all the comics that were inside but outside there's like motorcycles driving by loud cars and stuff like that so a lot of background noise in the audio <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've done a couple of those while i'm traveling with just like the hand recorder putting it between us and like yep. it's very it's very okay but like i'm just like i should just get a setup for traveling like i should just get some kind of <laughs> yeah well and that's eventually what i did i mean i've i've through the years i've gradually upgraded you know because obviously my podcast i'm not making money off of it you know i mean ultimately i would love to but it's one of them things where i do it because i love talking to other comics and other performers about that subject and i've learned so much from it so that's where i'm getting paid i'm getting paid in knowledge and insight mm. but as i've you know grown i've 
been trying, you know, as I've been trying to grow the podcast, a part of in, uh, improving the brand is improving the quality. And so I've slowly upgraded over the years as I, I could afford it. And now I've got a pretty decent setup for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is, that's, that's exactly how I started with like just a little USB Samson mic, uh, mm-hmm. right into my laptop. And that was not bad, actually, not bad for like interviews, uh, unless I wanted to have a guest on Then I was like, it would be in my apartment and have this little microphone between us. <laughs> and just like it, did, it didn't work out that well. And then like, and then I went to a music store and bought that mixer for 30 bucks. And then got some uh, some sure mics over time, and now I've upgraded to this. But like, literally, that's like 2015 to now. I just summed mm-hmm. up literally every small change that's happened. How long have you yeah. been on your podcast now? Uh, so it'll be four years, I think, in May of 2021. Wow. So I'm going on four years. Yeah. Wow. I started it in 2017. And yeah, I think I did. Yeah, actually, it is May. I released the first episode in May. I recorded the the first episode in April of 2017 and released it in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, it's funny, too, because even upgrading the equipment, you know, there was a learning curve for me. I got uh, a friend of mine that I, a room, my roommate, we were going to do some podcasting stuff and he bought a mixer that was, had a USB interface and you could use it to, you know, record right into whatever program. And so now there's a few episodes where I'm using this mixing board where, well, I'm thinking I'm using this mixing board and it turned out that you had to go and find a specific driver for it because it didn't automatically install it you know plug and play like i thought it did so there's episodes where i'm actually recording thinking i'm using this mixing board but really i'm recording with the sound from my laptop so my voice sounds really good but all my guests sound like they're uh (laughs) they're in another room because they're on the back side of my laptop (laughs) yeah i've done i've done that i've i've started recording an episode and it wasn't plugged in. That was me. I, or I was, the, just the USB wasn't plugged in. And I'm mix. <laughs> I'm I'm using the mixer, and I have my headphones plugged into the mixer. And I'm like, sounds great. Everything sounds. Yep. He sounds great. I sound great. And then later, I'm like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's exactly what it is. You know, they got mics going to this mixer, so in my ears, everything sounds perfect. <laughs> Then I go and play back the recording and I'm like, I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what's wrong with this? This is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was like by episode, I think 25, then it started getting better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite episode or maybe a favorite uh, recent episode? Um, God, that's tough. I mean, cause there's, I've had a lot of great comedians and a lot of great stories. There's definitely stories that, uh, I mean, I suppose one of my favorite episodes was with Alonzo Bowden because I was a big fan of his, you know, and I had him on early on the podcast. And and you, it shows that I was pretty green because, you know, I was kind of nervous talking to him and kind of fanboyed out <laughs> a little bit. And so my end as, as a host and an interviewer, I didn't do a very good job. He did great with his answers and talking about his bombing story and, you know, that, you know, so the content was still good, but ultimately I didn't feel like I did a very good job, but that's why I was like fanboying out or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my, you know, one of my more favorite episodes, but I also, there's some stories, uh, you know, like there's a comedian that used to live in San Diego, uh, Andrew Deans, 
told a story about how he walked almost a thousand people. That's how bad he bombed. And there was a venue called Fourth and B in San Diego and him and some other comics, they worked together to do their own show and they ended up packing the place. And then, yeah, he just did, he bombed so bad. He literally walked the audience, (laughs) almost all of them. So, so that was another one of uh, another favorite episode just because of that story. I mean, that's an epic story. <laughs> that is that is very epic. And also it makes me feel better about things <laughs> just yeah. as a whole where I'm like, all right, well, you know, there's still I haven't walked a thousand people yet. So <laughs> <laughs> right. Are, and then things the, are okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like I haven't did that bad. But yeah, I mean, almost any time I have a, a person, uh, another comic on. For me, it's a good time because I usually get something out of it. But like Rick Roberts, who who teaches a lot of writing and stand up and the business of comedy, he I mean, you were just on his podcast not too long ago. He he's another one that was a great guest because he had so much information that he shared, you know. And so for me, the episodes where I can really get something for my listeners, those are the ones I like the most, you know, because they're getting something out of it. I'm getting something out of it. And, you know, we're all growing to, to be better. I mean, and that's really the core of the podcast is to find success through failure and looking at it and how you can, you know, looking at failure and how you can improve to be better. So anytime there's a lot of like, you know, tips and tricks and that kind of thing, I'm always, always yeah. a fan of that episode. Yeah. That's what I, uh, I, I was shocked to get out of, your show really was because like I, I was really excited to just hear bombing stories but then just like yeah like all these like tips and tricks that I heard from listening to the episodes and I was like oh that's great like that's wonderful that they're sharing this knowledge to not only just be like yeah it's a you know bad bombing and then you know that's like the episode but um yeah there there was like plenty of things that I was like oh I never even thought about that you know mm-hmm. yeah that's the yeah. same with me too I mean, just by hosting it, that I learned from that, you know, that there's other elements that can cause a comedian to bomb that are just totally out of your control. You just, Mm -hmm. there's nothing you're going to be able to do, you know, maybe a super, super good headlining comic might be able to salvage something out of that scenario, but maybe, maybe exactly. It's going to be a pretty, pretty low percentage of a con, you know, of comics that can actually do that in certain situations. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah it, and, and that just, was no go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say and that was something that as like I said ta- talking about growing the podcast and figuring out the direction, that was something that evolved over time too. I mean, when it first started, I like I said, the only thing I knew I wanted to talk about, you know, bombing, you know, hearing these stories or whatever. And then eventually I was like, well, we need to learn something out of this. And then that's where I started, you know, as I grew as a host and got involved in what I was doing, you know, and becoming a better interviewer, I was able to, okay, now let's start asking questions about this to analyze the, the bombing part of it so that these comics can share some of that insight on what they've learned from it. Yeah. So would that be the main thing you would, you would tell yourself early on is, um, is to kind of like grow from that or like what advice do you have for yourself early on in the podcast early on well i'm early on as far as podcasting goes my advice was to just keep going and be consistent mm-hmm. and 
And I, like I said, me just personally, I believe in self-improvement and I believe in continuous improvement. I think we're always evolving and we can always get better and we're never going to be perfect at anything. Uh, and you're going to have, you're going to, you have to do trial and error. You're going to make mistakes along the way, but you have to keep going forward. And that was always kind of my philosophy behind the podcast is, you know, they're not going to be perfect, but I'm going to keep learning and get better at it. And because I did that, you know, I'm still not an expert when it comes to sound or recording, but I'm pretty good. And I know my way around sound equipment pretty well now. That's something I had no clue prior to doing this podcast. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I could hit record on my phone. <laughs> yeah. And that was from because I knew that from stand up. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no, I, that is a, a funny takeaway is because I've, uh, I've been at live shows or like I was even running a show for a while and they had a very large mixer that took up like a whole table. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but I figured it out because of, of doing the podcast. I was like, yeah, on switch over here. Like I was like, figure you know, it's definitely not the level I'm working with here, but I knew how to like kind of make things sound all right and get it going. And, uh, and, and they were the venue was happy because they're like, oh, we don't have to pay a sound guy for every time you're doing your show. Yep. Just have you do it. Um, and that is an interesting takeaway of like, I've also been to bar shows where like the sound stopped working and then I like gone over and helped them a little I've bit. <laughs> done the same. I've had that where, or they, the person running the sound doesn't actually have a clue about yeah. running the sound because it's just somebody that works at the bar that just, you yeah. know, their idea of running the sound is just turning it on, you know, and I've had to come in and, and be like, well, actually, if you turn, you know, <laughs> your, your low res down a little bit and turn the medium and the high up and we can balance this out. So and get rid of this reverb because with, you don't want reverb for audio and like all this stuff all because I, you know, the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just late night YouTube videos of me. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I love that. That's one thing I love about YouTube is, you know, you can almost learn anything on yeah. YouTube. Like anytime I have an issue with any, you know, thing that, or I want to try to fix something, whether it's has to do with a car and I don't know how to do it. And I'm pretty handy with cars and home improvement, but some things I don't know. So I'll look it up, but especially yeah. with sound, you know, like I got this new equipment and I was having issues with it and I was going to return it. And I even got a return authorization. And then I was like, you know what? I really didn't do a lot of my due diligence to actually look at this stuff, mm. you know, and maybe to see if it was operator error. I started watching videos guess what? I kept the equipment because it was operator <laughs> error. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's how you plug. Okay. I didn't do it that way. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's what the, the, the low cut does. Okay. The right. high cut. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of doing that for things I even know. Like I'll search like how to write a joke every once in a while or I'll search. I recently was watching like how to start a podcast in 2021 because it's just like when we learned it, like it was so long ago, like what's the new version they're teaching oh, yeah. now? You know what I mean? Yep. So it's like the the new math. What's the new math? And uh, <laughs> so no, like, yeah. I, I constantly am looking up stuff like that every once in a while and just kind of kind of like refreshing and it's it's amazing that i can do that at three in the morning and i can just be like on my phone just being like yeah i'm learning how bill burr writes his jokes <laughs> <That's> mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. And and you and even if you know something, it's amazing like when you see somebody else's perspective on something, what you might get out of it. Yeah. And you know, going back to the podcast, that's something for me, you know, like I know quite a bit about stand up. I've been doing it for quite a while. I've had a lot of great opportunities in stand up, but I, I always learn something from people and it's always amazing to hear like different perspectives because there's so many times, even newer comics that I've had on that, have you know, because that's the other thing with my podcast, it's not just reserved for, you know, comics that are expert level or whatever. I, I talk to people that have only did comedy, you know, maybe two months all the way to people who've done it their entire life and, you know, everywhere in between. And I've had newer comics on, and some of the stuff that they were doing to get better at comedy, I was like, wow, why didn't I think of that? That's amazing. Yeah. You know, like, so it, yeah, it's amazing when you, you see somebody else's perspective, what you can gain from it, even when you know a lot about a subject. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I was making the comparison last night to uh, <laughs> iTunes uh, podcasters is, and then Spotify podcasters, because like when you and I started, Spotify was like a thing, but not like massive. Not for podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, not even for podcasts. So um, like it, it's like this new generation and like how they approach podcasting mm-hmm. is different. You know, like I was watching yeah. a video where this girl was interviewing other Spotify podcasters and I noticed a few things. I noticed uh, all of them had 30 minute episodes and all of them uh, were very much how to do something podcasts mm-hmm. that she was interviewing. And I got these takeaways from it. And it was just like, they clearly approach podcasting differently than us that I, I, I assume you're like me. And I, I've been listening to podcasts for so long, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we come from this like different era of podcasting and it's just a it's like realizing that there's just changes happening over time that are gonna make podcasting or make everything that we do just slightly different you know yeah well that's the thing too like especially with podcasting it's an industry that keeps evolving you know you mean you and, and it's evolved a lot i mean that's with any industry you know if it's gonna succeed it has to keep evolving you know you look at you know podcasting 10 12 years ago when it started nobody had a clue what it was you know you have people like mark Marin who and you know there and uh there's been some other people at that same time he's not the only one but um you know they started these these shows or whatever with no clue what to do and you know then over time podcast more and more podcasts started popping up kind of start you know following their formula and then like you said now it's a whole different class and way of doing things but it's constantly just constantly evolving and i think uh, you have to keep up on it or you get you know you get left behind especially with you know you know talking about being on itunes versus and it ain't even itunes now it's just apple podcasts yeah. you know being on itunes and then spotify and how you do it like as a podcaster and if you want to stay relevant and and out there you have to be in front of everybody so you have to evolve so like even though i might have already had my podcast on itunes or apple or whatever now suddenly spotify and now amazon has podcasts it's like okay well if i want to keep going and keep evolving i need to be on those platforms as well so you still have to learn learn that yeah but 
the one thing I noticed too, where you're talking about, you know, most of them are like how to and educational and things like that. That's the same thing with a lot of the, I've noticed that too, with a lot of other content, you know, like on TikTok or YouTube, a lot of the most successful videos, whether it may be, it's when it's entertaining and educational, you know? So that's, that's definitely a trick. You know, if you can do, if you can be them things, you'd probably be successful. Granted, there's a lot of podcasts out there, so it is hard to stand out. <laughs> yeah, that's very hard to stand out. And it actually, is, it, 2020, a lot popped up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I keep trying to remember that number at like 80,000 in three months or something like that. And yeah, every just... every microphone was sold out on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Microphones, webcams, streaming equipment. It was hard to get those first uh, few months of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was just like happy that I had my my old equipment. <laughs> like I, I was nervous though. I was like, if something breaks, the podcast is just taking a break for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I you know I do mostly interview. Well, you know conversations. I guess they call it say interview, but really I do conversations with people. And so when the pandemic, pandemic, the pandemic started, I freaked out because I, my, my, I, I keep a reserve, but it was running low. And I was like, well, I have to figure this out. And that mm. caused me even more to evolve because now I do a lot of my stuff remotely and I had no clue how to do that before the pandemic you know yeah i was like mastering in studio recordings and face to face and now suddenly that's not allowed so it's like well time to evolve <laughs> yeah yeah i i i built out a whole studio i was ready to go hard and just having you know like i had a nice rented studio that was a nice room with I spent all this time putting together and then it was like the pandemic hit. And then I was like, I literally, I think I used it twice before <laughs> the pandemic. Oh. So there's like two episodes that are like, and honestly, it's funny because now thinking about that, those two episodes are some of my like highest listened to mm -hmm. uh, randomly, but that's like, but you know, it's just like a good energy set up and stuff. So quality goes a long ways with, mm -hmm. you know, anything you know, it, it, it's one of the things where, <clears throat> yeah, you can put out quantity and stuff and just to be out there, but the quality, that's, what's really important because, you know, people want the good quality content. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And they, Especially they, when it comes to sound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, something else that I wanted to ask you about is uh, something that we have been chatting about in general is YouTube shorts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so if you want to explain what you've been doing on YouTube Shorts and your plan of attack. So I don't really have a plan of attack necessarily, but what I've been doing, so I consulted this uh, really smart marketing guy. Uh, <laughs> his name is Zach Lyman because he was he posted a podcast about YouTube Shorts. So <laughs> I immediately reached out and I was like, hey, what are you talking about? I never heard of this. And I'm supposed to know this stuff because, you know, I'm in marketing too, but I can't keep up because <laughs> <laughs> everything evolves too fast for me. Mm. Uh, but no, so yeah, you you told me about you what what they were. So then after after I you know watched your thing and then talked to you a little bit, I went and did the same thing where I talked about you know using YouTube to find out and watch things. So I went and watched videos about YouTube Shorts and how to you know what they were and how to do it or whatever. 
And I just kind of did something similar to what you were doing was like, I just started putting up clips. Mm -hmm. You know, I would put them up every couple of hours. Uh, You know, I do like two to three a day for, you know, a bunch of days. Now I've slowed down um, just because I'm honestly, I'm running out of content that I want to put up because it is hard to put up a good, a good joke. That's less than a minute sometimes, especially for somebody like me, I'm more of a storytelling person. So it's hard to find something short. Now, one thing between TikTok and I have to say, you know, Dusty Slay, who was a great comedian. He's the one that really, he was on my podcast and he was, you know, he blew up on TikTok and he was like, Hey, yeah, you should, you know, cause I, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was making fun of TikTok. I was making all these jokes about, <laughs> I haven't got bored enough to join TikTok and blah, blah, blah. And boy, did I eat my words. Cause <laughs> after that episode, with him and he was, he was talking about it and, you know, saying this is what he did and, you know, really recommends it. So I did TikTok, you know, and I had a video that did well on that, but because of TikTok and these YouTube shorts, I've developed as a as editor, you know, because I, it's forced me to look at points in my longer jokes that are funny or interesting enough that they would get a reaction and cut them out. You know, where I might do a joke where there's not quite the whole might not be a whole joke. It might just be the punchline, but Mm. it's interesting enough to get people's attention, that kind of thing. So it's really helped me develop my editing skills. But going back to the YouTube shorts, like I said, I just kind of started throwing stuff up there and I've been doing different lengths. That's the other thing I've been experimenting with, you know, because you can go under a minute. And it's the same like with TikTok. And I've noticed that the shorter the clips, you know, if they, to me, it looks like 10 to 15 seconds is where it's at, you know, like, because um, yeah. I have one, one of the, one of the shorts that I put up has got pretty good success. Uh, I got like 18,000 views on it, Wow, you know, and after like, two days because that's the other thing i noticed about i don't know if you noticed this but i noticed it took a couple days for things to take off it's not like on tiktok where it can be instantaneously just boom and you have all these views like the first almost i'd say 24 to 36 hours you know you might get one or two views and then all of a sudden boom it blows up yep that's what happened with that particular video and i think that was like the second or third video i put up too so, but i so think it sounds it's like, like you're having the similar experience as me where it's like it was like my second or third that kind of got six thousand right away mm-hmm. and then yeah i i have videos up there right now that have three views so they're yeah. you know it's like and they just stay that way but mm-hmm. then also you're right i've been batch uploading three at a time and then two days later one of them has like 500 views yep and that's where uh, a lot of my other videos have kind of kind of averaging between five and 600 views. But the one thing that I like about doing the YouTube shorts versus like TikTok or Instagram reels is I'm seeing more of a, a, a follow through on YouTube. You know, when I started doing the shorts, I had like 135 subscribers, maybe, maybe less, give or take a couple. And I'm up to 163. Now, mm-hmm. granted, that isn't a ton, but that's still 30 new subscribers. Some of it has come from other, you know, 
Facebook posts and things like that. But a majority of those came from putting up them shorts. Yeah. Yeah. Where- I, uh, <laughs> I was looking at my analytics last night and for every thousand views, I get a subscriber. Which is pretty good. That's, that's I mean, insane. Yeah. Cause it's like on, yeah. on TikTok, you know, I had, I've had videos get 60,000 views and I got a few followers from it. And then I've had videos get 70,000 and I got tons of followers from it, but it's like, it's so up and down where it's not so like, I feel like it it is very much easier to get that follow on YouTube shorts. I do too. I mean, cause I'm I'm the same with TikTok. I've had, you know, I had one video that was pretty successful. It did like 80,000 views. And then I got, you know, less than 500 followers out of it, maybe. Then I had another video that's over 10,000. And it's not even stand-up. It was a poem from a one-man show that I put up. So, and then that got, but that got more, that even, even though it got less views, it had more um, engagement because more people were commenting on it and, 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 liking it and that you know that kind of thing or whatever but i got and then i think i got you know a couple hundred out of that or whatever so even so so i've got these videos that are you know thousands of views but i've only got like i don't even have 700 followers on tiktok (laughs) (laughs) and this is the same like with instagram reels i've got several videos on instagram reels that have over three are over 2000, probably over 2,500 views. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really gain any followers from it. Yeah. You know, I didn't, like, I've never gained a follower from Instagram reels until recently I had a video that got like a thousand views and two people followed me from it. And uh, that's, that's it. But I, I have, I have two videos on there that have 10 and 11,000 views and mm-hmm. it got me nothing. It was just like, and it was instant too. It was like instantly 10,000 and then just nothing. And yeah. that's how it, Instagram Reels has been. Yeah. And I also think it has to do with, um, you know, with, uh, granted TikTok, I suppose it's a little easier, but like with YouTube, they have the su- subscribe button right there when mm-hmm. you're watching it, whether it's on your phone or on the computer, yeah. the subscribe button is right there. We're like Instagram Reels, it pops in their reel. There's no inst- there's no button you can click right from that reel. If you want to follow that person, you have to click their profile, then go hit the follow. So it's adding an extra step. And I feel like that's where Instagram is kind of preventing people from gaining followers in that way. Yeah. You know, they're not being user friendly in that scenario where they're making it they're they're adding that extra step. And you know, people we already know they have, you know. short attention spans that's why they like these short videos that means you know people that you know have the short attention spans they're not going to do that extra work to go follow somebody they want it right there yeah instantaneously you know they want it so they can oh i i love that about tiktok where i'm just like i'll scroll and then i see someone making or doing something cool and i go yep follow i definitely want to see more of that yeah it's just right there that's right right. there and it's the same with youtube Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's such a great point of like, yeah, on YouTube, you're just like, it's at the bottom and it's, it's a big button. You can't miss Mm -hmm. it. Stands out. Yeah. 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 I, but like, I have so many, I'm so frustrated with Instagram because like it used to be my favorite social media for Mm -hmm. so long. 
it, I, I would go and give speeches about it <laughs> like, to people about how I'm like, you have to be on Instagram. This is where you're going to grow your company. This is where you're going to grow your comedy, you know? And uh, they've just made so many pivots that are like in the wrong way where I'm like, what, yeah. are, you, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I think a lot of that is because Facebook bought them out. <laughs> Yeah. And and anybody that has been in entertainment or owns a business and has used Facebook and Facebook ads and advertising and has Facebook pages knows that through the years they've evolved from not really, they, they're all about money. They want to make the buck. They want to make advertising money and they want to, so that they're focused on businesses that are spending, you know, thousands of dollars in budgets to to do marketing and ads a month versus somebody, you know, people like us who don't have big budgets, we can only afford maybe 20, 50 bucks a month, you know, they don't care. So even when we spend that money, we're not getting a very good return on our investment because they're still not showing our content, even though we're paying because we're, you know, pennies compared to some of these corporations that are spending millions of dollars in advertising a year, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of where, Instagram fell off too, because I agree. Like I thought Instagram was great. It was one of my favorite platforms as well. But now, you know, it's more and more like Facebook, you know, it's like basically Instagram is they're, 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 they're trying to mend. They're trying to do too many things. You know, they're trying to be Facebook in the way that, you know, probably their business model with making money, they're trying to be like TikTok with, you know, doing the, yeah. the, the, the reels and things like that. And then they're trying to be like YouTube with IG, you know, TV and things like that. And they, they got all these different things they're trying to be where before they were just focusing on, you know, being a picture thing or whatever, like that was their yeah. primary focus or even little videos. And, mm-hmm. you know, you could get good, you know, engagement from that kind of stuff but i think they just there's too many different focuses now with yeah yeah i mean and they used to have hashtags on like that used to be the best on there was just like how they managed hashtags and you could view now it's like it's not even uh it's not i don't even think it's possible anymore because what i my how i used to gain followers was using a mixture of small medium and large hashtags and then trying to get the top of the small hashtags, getting the mm-hmm. top of the medium hashtags. And then that snowball effect would get me on the top of the large hashtags. And then that's how I'd get like followers. And uh, I, I don't think I ever, I don't think that's how it works anymore. I don't think. I, I don't think so either. I, fact, I get that traction and it just doesn't even, it doesn't shoot me up on any, any hashtag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but one thing I, I noticed with them is, uh, or I don't know if you do this rather, I follow, sometimes I follow hashtags mm-hmm. and I've noticed like some of the hashtags I follow, some of the posts that pop up on my feed have nothing to do with the hashtag. And it's like, and they don't even have very many likes, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. it's really weird what they're throwing into their algorithm and what they're showing on these searches too. Yeah. And I think that's kind of feeds into what you're talking about, about why you can't do that. Cause they're, they're, they're throwing the wrong content at certain hashtags, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I, I follow a hashtag on social media marketing and suddenly I'm seeing this meme, a comedy meme, and it literally has nothing to do really with social media marketing. 
<laughs> and yeah. then vice versa where it's like comedy and then suddenly it's like an inspirational quote yeah you know or something it's like these two they don't go hand in hand <laughs> yeah it's so weird how it's just like kind of you know but yeah now now we have tiktok and clubhouse and all these other social medias that are well just some weird. people have clubhouse <laughs> <laughs> i didn't mean to brag i'm just saying <laughs> didn't I, mean to rub it in <laughs> i uh you know I, I i made the right choice and got an iphone you know that's like <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the one thing though that i find that and i wonder about this you see this with social media platforms a lot they pop up and they be they're they're too specific to one thing and then mm-hmm. they either either evolve yeah. or they fall off so it's like you know because there's been a lot of different social media platforms that have popped up over the years and that's what it had you know same thing happened they were too exclusive or you know just couldn't expand and then they ended up disappearing. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering about that too. I, I thought right away, I thought it was a weird move to be iPhone only. Cause I don't care. You know, like that's not, I'm not excited about that part. Cause some people I'll tell you right now, there's some people on the app that love that it's iPhone only. They, they oh, view sure. it as like an upper class thing. And I'm like, you're gross. Um, <laughs> but like, I, you know, it, it doesn't matter to me, but I think what, why they did that was, um, I heard that it's easier to build apps with iPhones first, that it, like the building of the app is easier. Mm. And then also the other day there was like um, someone famous was holding a room and there was like 1500 people watching him and the, the app started like getting glitchy and started kind of like, and then I got a notification that said that the servers are trying to keep up oh. and I'm like, Oh, okay. So they, they just don't have, Right now, at least, they don't have the power to be open for everyone. To everybody, like, yeah. It, it, I mean, that room had 1,500 people in there. And, of course, there's the other rooms and who knows how many at a time. But if your largest room is 1,500 and you're like, whoa, you know, it, you're, you're definitely not ready to open anything more. <laughs> yeah, just exactly. invite only, like very invite only, you know. Yeah. So Which, I think, and I get the I get the exclusiveness of that, too. Yeah. Doing the invite only. Like, I get that. Because a lot of social media platforms start that way. I mean, even Facebook was uh, invite only and then evolved into you had to be a college student, you know, or mm. or associated with the school or whatever you know it was very exclusive and then Mm. finally it went you know public you know or opened up to the public yeah it is it is crazy though where it's like there's certain people on there that have like fifty thousand followers and you're like this has been around for like a month like what are you how'd you get you know like like uh but it is it's an interesting and i can't wait for it to open up because i think they do pull off a couple things really well about like the bios how they do the bios is really well and then also i in my bio i mentioned podcasting comedy and coffee are mentioned a few Mm -hmm. times in there and um I can see it now that in the la- this last week that when people sign up for the app and they choose like what they're interested in, I'm suggested because I'm oh, getting followers yeah. that of people that have literally like they have zero followers and they just created an account. It's day one for them. And I'm the first 30 people that they followed. Um, and so I'm, I'm seeing it and I'm like, that's wonderful. That's wonderful that I naturally, I didn't do anything. I didn't, cheat the system or find the best way to write a bio or go in depth 
but enough where it's like, yeah, you want a podcast that does comedy? Here you go. You know, like, yeah, that's, uh, well, and that's good. That's how it should be. I mean, that's one of the worst parts I feel like with social media. And that goes back to them trying to make money off advertising and stuff is that they control these algorithms and they, they're, they basically make it. So the only way to like really gain momentum or, you know, gain engagement, gain followers is you got to figure out a cheat around the algorithm. And then as soon as somebody does, and it becomes a trend, they, they're like, oh, we can't have that. Yeah. And then get rid yeah. of it, you know. Yeah. That's like, you know, the the growth that like I used to see. I'm feeling that on Clubhouse of like the growth I used to see on Instagram back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking like 2015, 16, 17, like those years where it was like I could make a funny video and immediately a thousand people would follow me. And I'm like, I figured it out, you know, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, but um, yeah, it, it, it is crazy. Um, but yeah, another I feel thing, like, oh, no, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I, I was just going to say that's where I screwed up. You know, like I didn't get on the Instagram trend right away. Like, I, you know, it was like, oh, Facebook's doing fine, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, didn't get on it right away. And I feel like doing that, especially as an entertainer, and I'm, I'm going to feel it now too with TikTok. That's another thing, you know. I didn't get on it right away. And when you're in this industry, you know, stand-up comedy or or any kind of entertainment, social media is it's part of part of what we have to do, unfortunately. It's a necessary evil. And if you want to stay up, you know, stay relevant to you have to stay up on the social media trends and try to get on there, especially if you mm-hmm. want to gain momentum. Cause you know, same with YouTube. I didn't get on that when it first came out. And, you know, I posted a few videos early on, you know, just whatever, but I like really never concentrated on YouTube. Yeah. In fact, this is the most I've concentrated on YouTube is in the last couple of weeks. And that's only because I'm like, Oh, I'm actually seeing some actual growth here. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, this might be worth taking and putting a little effort into, but yeah. And now I'm like, like I said, I'm that guy that's like, Oh, I missed, you know, I missed the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I I think you're still early to TikTok in the, well, in the way. I think like, like you and I definitely missed out on like the dusty sleigh moment where it's like, yo, for sure. I know, I know like 10 comics that I can think of right now that, around the time dusty slay like took off they did the same thing they uploaded yep. and they took off and now they have a hundred thousand followers and stuff like that you know like it was just so instant for them and they're like you know it was just a quick one stand-up video um and it was just because they needed so much content out there and so i think we missed that but i think we are still early to like what it's going to be you know like mm-hmm. where it's going to be down the road where it's like is just so common to be like instagram and everyone has their account because i know people that are still holding back on tiktok and i'm like okay if they're still holding back on tiktok i'm still early you know <laughs> well that's a good that's a good observation good way to look yeah. at that because you're right if they're holding back then yeah we're early <laughs> yeah 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 so it's like yeah we'll we'll get our you know we'll get into our we'll get five thousand six thousand followers and then people will be like, yeah, maybe, you know, and we're just slightly enough ahead of the curve, you know? Yeah. And I don't know, like I said, I don't know all their ins and outs, you know, it's still like a learning curve or whatever, but I feel bad. Like I have a friend, another comedian friend, Dave Peace, who uh, he's based out of Iowa now. He really. I know Dave Peace. 
Oh, you know Jay? Okay, well, he yeah, really from hit Arizona. Yeah, like he yeah, he, well, he was, yeah, he lives in Iowa now, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He really hit TikTok hard after uh, we after. Well, I want to say, and maybe I'm 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 wrong on the time, but I feel like it was after he was on my podcast and we talked about it because that was after I had my video blow up. But mm. he really put effort into doing videos, not just stand up. He was doing all the TikTok trends and this and that built his account up to over 10,000, you know, followers. And it just got deleted the other day for what it like, no explanation oh, no. other than, uh, other than he violated something. And they don't even say what policy they're just like, you follow, you uh, know, and he did an appeal and they still said, no, it's your, your, your accounts done. So he had to start a new account and, you know, and you see that a lot with, with uh users they just random it i don't know to me it feels kind of random where it's like oh this yeah. person's getting too much exposure too much engagement we gotta shut this down <laughs> yeah i i have a friend on instagram she she had that problem um she blew up she had some video some photos go viral and she went from like twenty thousand to like two hundred thousand and then it got hacked and then like it got taken down and then like, and then she get every time she like gets the account back, it gets like deleted or put on hold or like some, there's always some kind of or problem. She's having. Band, yeah. She, she's having it. something wrong with her account at all times. And it's just because of like, you know, when she gets it, I'm sure it's because when she gets it back, all of a sudden there's tons of traffic again, you know, like it's mm-hmm. immediately, you know? Yeah. And uh, she's not like a verified celebrity. And I think that's like something that adds into it. Um, I had my account hacked one time and uh, that freaked me out so much uh, on the idea that I was like, oh, I could just lose my Instagram like tomorrow. Like, it's just like, I literally woke up with messages of people being like, why'd you change your profile picture to that? Why are you deleting stuff? Why are you? And I was like, (laughs) oh no. Yeah. 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 And that um, happens. Like, I, 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 you know, bringing dusty slay up again he was talking about on his podcast he lost his facebook page <laughs> like it got yeah. hacked and then uh suddenly there was a live video and he was trying to stop it and then he got booted as the admin and somebody ended up having full control of his page and he had to like get his management you know get his management team involved and they had to try to get a hold of facebook and like it was a process before he finally got it back but uh-huh. yeah and it's, yeah. it's just crazy how that you can just do, that can just happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Last night, someone uh, someone hacked into my Spotify podcasters account, um, which I was like, "Why? It's an why odd that? thing." Yeah, I, was <laughs> yeah, like, I know that's an odd thing to hack. <laughs> you want to you want to see my numbers? So like, <laughs> you know, post the numbers on the internet, being like, "I have evidence." You know, like, <laughs> like what are you? <laughs> Like I was like, there's no credit cards. There's no nothing connected to it. <laughs> so I'm like, and, but it was a weird thing where like they got booted out though by uh, Spotify because they were like, you don't live in, it was like Virginia or something. It was like some random state. They're like, you don't live there. So they booted them, but they sent me an email about it. And I was like, huh, that's crazy. That's crazy. I, something else I want to talk to you about is where do you see uh, comedy festivals going this year in 2021 so far? Well, I mean, so far, I still think, you know, I think later in the year, you're going to see more live festivals as as more people are getting vaccinated mm-hmm. and, you know, and we're getting, you know, better control on COVID-19. 
I think early on, you know, like I, right now, tonight, I'm in the middle of running my festival, but we're doing it digitally or we're doing it virtually just because it's still early in, you know, in 2021, there's still a lot of spiking going on everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so I think early on, a lot of the comedy festivals will probably still either be, they'll, they'll either postpone to the end of the year and then you're going to end up, and that's going to suck because what's going to happen then, you're going to have so many festivals happening at happening at the same time <laughs> so they're going to be competing with each other yeah. granted they're in their own market so audience wise it's not a big deal but talent wise it's mm. a big deal because you're you know as a comic if you're trying to get into a festival you may get into both these festivals and then suddenly now you have to choose <laughs> because they're the same time and you can't do them both you know yeah. so in that respect i think that's going to kind of kind of hurt but so, i think they'll either postpone to the end of the year or later in the year or they're gonna you know go virtual because a lot of festivals in 2020 went virtual yeah you know they either canceled postponed and then some even postponed and they were like well there's no hope for a live festival so then they went virtual yeah that was one of the festivals that i was supposed to be in last year was uh delayed a few months and then uh, about a month into that delay they were like this isn't this isn't gonna happen and so yeah. then we, we, we canceled it. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I, I am wondering, so, so do you think it's a, a good thing for comedians to be applying for festivals this year? I mean, if you can afford it, I mean, that's the other thing you got to think about as a, as a comedian, you, you don't want to be doing stuff that's going to put yourself out. And a lot of festivals, you know, if you're in comedy and you've been in comedy for a little while, you know, that it costs, you know, money to go to these festivals you have to pay to submit usually usually you have to cover your own lodging your own travel you know your own expenses while you're there you know which i'm not saying that's neither good or bad that's just part of you know most festivals that's these those are just facts you know no opinion on it but because of that i think you you as a comic this year a lot of comics were out of work because everything got mm. shut down so the comics that were working full-time didn't make as much money. Even people who had day jobs that in do comedy lost their day jobs. So, you know, everybody's struggling financially in that way. So I think it, it's really whether or not you can afford it, you know, you got to really think about yeah. that, you know, if, and what you're gaining out of it. Like I just did a, a special episode of my podcast about that decision, whether you should apply to festivals or not. I did a mini episode. And one of the things that, I, I try to focus on is you have to figure out what you're going to gain versus what you're paying for it, you know? And as an example, if, if you're only getting a five minute spot and that's it, there's no other seminars, there's no, you know, after parties, there's no nothing. It's just, you come do your five minutes and that's going to be it. And you have to buy a plane ticket for $500 and pay for a hotel for a night probably not the best financial decision you yeah. know but now same scenario but you have to drive maybe an hour okay totally get it you know you can do that yeah you know what i mean like so you really have to think about uh, there's a lot of factors to think about that you know but the other thing is is what you're getting in addition to that stage time too you know like i did the world series of comedy last year and went to their main event and 
I was very unsure about applying and I talked to all kinds of people. I got different opinions, both, you know, positive, negative. Ultimately I made my own decision and I went, I decided I was going to look at it as an investment mm. and I'm glad I did. I got a lot out of it. I, I, they did a great job with having, you know, they did workshops and seminars. They had Q and a panel, uh, Q and a panels with industry and not, you know, a lot of festivals will say, industry and i know this is mostly an audio podcast so people can't see me do the air quotes but i did air quotes for that when they say industry uh because what they'll do is they'll bring in a local booker or maybe somebody from the right. radio station that's you know locally or regionally famous but not but not actually in comedy industry like nobody that can actually help you further your career Mm-hmm. You know, that's often what happens at a lot of festivals. And again, just stating facts, not, you know, trying to be making any biased opinions. Those yeah. are just facts. But the thing that the World Series of Comedy did is they brought in some really good industry. You know, I mean, the, the owner, uh, Rick Bronson was there. He has the Rick Bronson's comedy clubs. They're all over the, the continental U.S. and Canada. You know, it's the chain. You know, they had the one of the producers from the South by Southwest Comedy Festival. They had mm-hmm. other comedy club owners and bookers and and management. And so they were like real industry people that you 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 know could definitely get some insight from. And you and I did. I mean, those Q and A panels that they did were great. They just it was a bunch of feature comedians asking all the questions you want to know from bookers and stuff and the yeah. processes of getting booked and, and so on and so forth. So even for me, you know, like it goes back to what I was talking about at the beginning where I've been doing comedy for, it'll be 11 years this year now. And I've learned a lot along the way, but I'm no expert, even at my level at 10 years and, and the things that I've already accomplished, I went to that festival and I learned stuff, you know, like I, I got a lot of useful insight at that festival. So that's another thing I, when you're looking at festivals, you need to look at that. What else are they offering in addition to that stage time? Then on top of that, are there going to be any social events where you can actually network, you know, Mm. because that's where the networking really happens is when you're hanging out with other comics and getting to know them or industry people, you know, because there's a lot of festivals that they'll bring industry people in mostly contests where they'll bring industry people in to judge the contest. But then there's, there's no meet and greet. You don't get to meet these industry people. You have zero interaction. Sometimes you don't even know who they are. You know, they're just anonymously at the <laughs> festival. Yeah. And, you know, so that doesn't really help your, your career. Yeah. So those are all like little things to really think about when applying. I mean, ultimately there's no right or wrong answer. You have to make your own decision, but I definitely think people need to put more, put more critical thinking and thought into deciding on whether or not, you know, they apply for a festival and which festivals to apply for, because some are better than others. And, you mm-hmm. know, you're going to get more from, you know, one festival to another. So like, even for me, like, I don't apply to a lot of festivals and I have a running joke where, you know, because I, I produce festivals and I produce one now and I have a running joke that if I applied to my own festival, I wouldn't get in <laughs> You know, like that's <laughs> my, my own joke. And I feel like it's very truthful because some of the comics that I've seen on our festivals, I'm like, yeah, I'm not there. <laughs> you know, like, right. like <laughs> yeah. they're way good. That's, you know, that's why they're here. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, so I, I feel I, that way. But when I'm deciding 
you know, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to spend X amount of dollars a year mm. on submitting to festivals. So then from there, I decide which ones I think I would gain the most from. Or if they're super cheap to apply to and they're, you know, it wouldn't, it going would be reasonably uh, inexpensive. Yeah. I'll apply, you know, like I applied to some festivals that were within driving distance from where I live, which is, you know, St. Paul. And most of those submission fees were like five bucks or there was none or nothing. You know what I mean? So it was like, Oh, if I don't get in, no big deal. If I do get in, it's not going to cost me a ton to go. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll apply to those. But then, you know, like I said, when I decided, you know, made the decision to apply to the world series of comedy, that's a bigger festival. You know, the, the, the uh, uh, submission fees a lot higher. Yeah. There's a lot more travel involved. It means there's, you know, way more expensive. So I really put a lot of thought into whether just deciding to apply. And then mm-hmm. once you apply, you know, you're, that doesn't guarantee that you'll get into any of the festival because they all have their own, you know, they all have their own guides and their own criteria, what they're looking for and so on and so forth. But when you get in, then you have to still make another decision on whether you want to go. Cause who knows your financial situation may change from when you submit yeah. to when you get accepted. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause there can, be, there can be some time between those two. Oh, absolutely. And I've had that happen. I've had to, I, you know, I was actually supposed to do the world series of comedy in 2019 and my grandma died a few weeks before. So oh. I ended up having to back out last minute and there was another festival I got into and I don't remember what happened. Actually, I think it was the same. It was because my grandma died. It was the same month. I was going to do multiple. I was going to do a festival in California, and mm. then I was going to do the World Series of Comedy. But I had to cancel them both because of the the death in the family. Yeah. Uh, but but things like that. But it could have easily been you know a situation where oh you just can't afford to go. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I my my other question that I have for you is, <laughs> we've been in we've been in lockdown for so long. Uh, First off, I don't I don't even know if I have a good tape anymore. I don't even know what good what good comedy what is. A good is. Tape? Yeah, what is it? I don't even know what no. that is. Um, but do you do you think it's a good idea to submit a Zoom show tape? Honestly, I think that that's a question that that would be kind of a, a festival to festival situation where like mm. I feel like if you're looking at a festival. M- I would contact them and, and ask them up front and be like, Hey, because everybody that's in comedy and in this industry knows what happened in 2020. They all know what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, why are you sending me this? (laughs) Exactly. They're going to understand that there wasn't a lot of opportunity for actual live stage time. Yeah. They work on my tape much. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I think that's one of them questions where you, you, if, if your best tape is a zoom tape right now, Mm. before you send it and, and spend the money to submit, I would just reach out to that festival and, and say, Hey, this is what I got. And if they say, well, we'd rather have you do live, you know, being live or whatever, save your money till you can get a good tape. Don't waste your money. Yeah. Because I honestly, right before, (laughs) right before we were locking down, I was literally working on a five minute tape. I was trying to get together and I had like the set 
that I was doing just over and over of like the, this, it's all about my car. So from beginning to end, every single joke is about my car. And I finally put them in the perfect route of how I wanted it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to record this. And this is what I will send out for bookings of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we're in lockdown. And I was like, man, I never got to, I never got to do that. Um, <laughs> so, but I've yeah. been wondering, I'm like, I, I lately been thinking about, it, I'm like, I guarantee you there is people that have sent in zoom tapes. I'm sure they have. Absolutely. Uh, and like, and because that's all they have, yeah. but like I said, I feel like, you know, depending on the festival, that could be a waste, you know, yeah. I mean, but if they're a virtual festival, if they're going virtual that they would probably rather have a, a submission of you doing a zoom show because that's probably how they're going to run their festival versus you performing live. Yeah. You know? That's a good because point. Because they are, you know, even though you're performing stand up and, and, and tip, you know, you're doing your setup punch and hopefully you're getting a laugh. They are two different uh, platforms for performing comedy. There's a mm-hmm. big difference between performing live versus performing on a zoom. And there are some, you know, little learning curves and, 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 and things that, you can see, like, I can see a difference between somebody performing live versus when they perform on Zoom, you know, where <clears throat> something they might do live <clears throat> ain't going to work when they're on Zoom. And you have yeah. to kind of make up for that. So yeah. if they're a virtual festival, they're probably going to welcome that because ah, this is what they're hoping to get out of you at their festival. Yeah. Yeah. Like but- I, I yell a lot more <laughs> in, in my stand up when I'm on stage. <laughs> I get pretty loud and I, I, I've done, I've done like two or three zoom shows. Not that I've done a lot. Uh, but that was like, my first thought was like, Oh, when I do this next joke, I gotta be more chill about it or else my neighbors are going to really hate me. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I'm, and, and I do, I notice even though I don't move around a lot on stage, like, you know, going back and forth, yeah. I do use a lot of body movement with mm. my hands and things. And like I noticed just doing, you know, Zoom comedy because I've done a few open mics and a few shows like I, you know, depending on what I do, if I'm sitting down in front of my desk, I have to be careful because it's like a lot of the body movement that might help sell the joke. They can't see it. <laughs> you know, I'm like doing a joke and all of a sudden psh, my hands like there. They're probably like, what's going on here? <laughs> why? Why did he do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And I fortunately I haven't I haven't seen it yet, but I feel like I'm gonna get a good because that was the other thing cool cool about the um, World Series of Comedy too. Like in addition to the the seminars that they did and the the social events that they did, and granted during the pandemic they had to be very careful with social events and stuff. So mm-hmm. their festival wasn't necessarily the same as it would have been probably the year before in that capacity, but that's not their fault. They still did a hell of a job with what they could do, you know, but I got a bunch of pictures from being on stage. They, they did headshots. They took video and I, you know, hopefully I'll be getting a copy of that video. And so I'm going to have a decent, I feel like I'm gonna have a decent video because I got uh, one of the shows that I did. I did really well. In fact, I even advanced in the, their, that contest that week i ended up getting knocked out in the next round but i feel like i i was you know got a good tape so in that capacity i'm like oh i'm lucky because i have a good tape yeah. that i can hopefully use for submissions or whatever but yeah. that's why i think whenever you can perform and this is something that i'm trying to like really start doing more too is i've always kind of recorded my audio but i think it's more important now 
to start, especially with trying to have content, you know, mm-hmm. for YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, it's very important to get video. Like that's oh, something so I've important. been going through my old content and I'm like, I don't really have any good, anything good to put out. Not because I'm a bad comedian or whatever, just because the quality of the, 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 not necessarily the material, but the sound quality of the video or the, you know, yeah. video quality of the video or whatever, just, it just doesn't look good. Or it's from way before when I didn't look like how I look now. You know, like <laughs> when I first started doing stand up, I was like 50 pounds heavier. I didn't have a beard. Like I look totally different now. So it's like, I don't want to put that material up looking like that because then people are going to be confused mm. you know what i mean like <laughs> who's this guy oh wait that's you what <laughs> you know yeah yeah i i agree man oh mine one of my 2021 goals is to have 4k footage of me doing stand-up because i don't like that's the one thing the one takeaway i had too is like i'm uploading these bits and i literally have like 10 videos that i like and again, I have the same issue of being a storyteller. So a lot of these jokes are very much throwaway short jokes that are just yep. whatever jokes. And so I don't even, I don't have a lot of short 4K perfect videos that would do well on TikTok, Instagram, all mm-hmm. that stuff. So, and even, yeah. I mean, you don't even necessarily have to be 4K, just, you know, high def is good. But one of yeah. the biggest things though, to think about, especially if you're <clears throat> looking for, you know, recording video for content is is to think about the vertical versus horizontal yeah i mean that's you know because a lot of those platforms prefer the vertical video but like now if i'm a festival and you're submitting a video to me i don't want a vertical video yeah i want a horizontal video like so that's something to think about and that's where like i said i'm trying to get better at the fact that and i'm fortunate enough that i have a video camera and i could use my you know use the camera on my phone as well so i can get capture both ultimately um but even for me i'm trying to get more video because you you should try to record video as much as you can not just so you have content to put out but because you never know when you're going to have a really good set and if you record everything you don't have to worry about missing that good set and that's one thing i've been terrible at and there's even a running joke with some of my comedian friends about how like I'll bring a camera and then I'll forget to hit record and I'll have a really great set. And then when I remember to hit record, I freaking eat crap, you know, yep. <laughs> or something happens that ruins the video that yep. might be out of my control, you know, get heckled or, or whatever it may be, or I'll stumble and tell a joke wrong and whatever. But <clears throat> <laughs> that's uh, I, I did a whole weekend at the Tempe improv uh last year and that's that's exactly that's exactly you just described it was uh i brought my camera almost every day except for it was like the friday show or something i just forgot it and i crushed hard and it went so perfect and i was like i didn't i didn't have my camera but then you know all the other ones all the other sets were like yeah and they were on tape you know they were very like okay sets and I, yeah it's just like oh man you know yeah and i've had a number of different things happen in that it kind of related to that where like i forgot to charge it or i forgot <laughs> the 
forgot that I took the memory card out and it's in my computer at home. Uh, you know? yes. <laughs> like all these stupid things have happened. And then you don't, like I said, I don't get a record and then <laughs> I do really well. <laughs> I was, yeah. uh, I was on tour <laughs> once and I had like the, uh, I think it was the host or something. I asked if they could like just hit, hit the record button for me and they did. So they were, they hit the record button for me. I went up and um, it, I, you know, I was like headlined, I was doing like 45. Right. And it went really well. I really liked the set. I really like how it felt. And then I got off and the right away, the host was like, yeah, it said memory card air. Right. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I've been there. Just, I've oh, been man. that guy that, hit the record button for somebody and then that happened and it's like well <laughs> nothing i can do about this i mean like, i know what's I, going on i feel bad I, for him but <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like anytime i I'm, I'm helping somebody and they ask me to do that and that happens i'm just like oh i feel bad yeah. for you because <laughs> yeah, i know yeah. what you're about to come back to because <laughs> i've been there <laughs> one of my favorite other ones was i was recording a set and uh, I had it sitting like basically on the bar and uh, a comic was just kind of like watching my camera for me. And, uh, and the, this couple just stands like, as soon as I get on stage, they stand in front of the camera and they start chatting. And then you just hear my friend like whispering, being like, Hey, Hey, no, he's like, he's recording this with this camera. And then they're like looking at the camera and then, and then they move to the side, but I'm already like, two jokes in you know like by the time they <laughs> by the time they move and so i'm just like it's just it's too so late. hard to get a good tape <laughs> it is oh it absolutely is and well and i feel like too if you get in the habit of just doing videotaping every set you do whether it's an open mic or a show and even yeah. if you delete the video right after if you don't feel like it was good but if you get in the habit of recording every set you're going to get more comfortable just recording because i don't know how it is for you but a lot of times when i'm trying to record something and like an audition you know whatever i overthink overthink it and then and then sometimes i get nervous and then i end up blotching the recording because i'm putting so much pressure on myself to mm. do well because i know it's for a particular thing you know so where if if i'm just recording every set then i'm just used to recording every set because you know yeah and i'm just performing to perform the camera doesn't make a difference in my performance you know? like mm -hmm. i i i did a show years ago and i recorded it and it was one of the one of the shows that i actually did really well in while the camera was running but i decided to leave it running and let record the comic after me because he was a friend of mine and he did not know it was running and he got one of the best tapes because he ended up, he wasn't even the headliner that, that day. I mean, he was a headlining comic, but he was not headlining. He was in the feature spot, but he, he got a standing ovation after like a half hour set. That's amazing. And so, yeah, yeah. He had just, just crushed. And it was a clean show. Cause it was for a, it was for a church fundraiser thing. Mm. So it was like, all the all the variables for this show made it like it was going to be terrible because it was like two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, you know, church crowd and, you know, it was urban church crowd, you know, and so like we were just like, who knows how this is going to go. And and I always say, you know, 
urban church crowd because you know we're all white <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> might not be the right match for this comedy show and it ended up it was great you know everybody did good except the last person uh, and that was because well they ended up having to follow this standing who's a great comic (laughs) but then like i said he crushed so hard he got a standing ovation like that's hard to follow in the middle of a show i mean that's oh it's so hard i mean right there that's where the show should have (laughs) ended yeah 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 (laughs) i mean the comic that followed him like i said he didn't necessarily do very good but he gave it his all and that's something commendable (laughs) because you have to it's like oh well the show's not over i have to go see what i can do but it's gonna be tough but anyway yeah he didn't know that the camera was recording and then he gets off stage and he's like damn it i wish i would have been recording that and i was like guess what buddy i got you <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's and wonderful he was like, yes <laughs> yeah i i agree with you though it is it is hard because i again if i know it's for an audition for something i usually where it's like they've asked me to do these requirements when I'm hitting that record button and I'm about to get on stage, I am so focused on staying on track because also I have a bad habit of just riffing and going like in like oh, okay. good yeah. personally, like in, mm-hmm. in the show, it's good because like maybe it's a crowd yeah. member or whatever and it's, it's fun and it's a real experience. And so it's not something I'm ever trying to really get rid of. But when you're recording, it's like, I, I know that the booker doesn't want that. They want my jokes, how I plan on doing them on that show or whatever it is. Uh, and so sometimes I, I feel like I, I get a little stiff from that. I'm just a little mm-hmm. st- more stiff because yeah. I, it is un, it is unnatural for me to not be like, hey, what's up and have fun. And aren't these lights weird? And, you know, like it's yep. not. That's, I, I need that a little bit to kind of feel loose. And um, yeah, so it, it can be, taping can be such a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, like I said, go, that's my goal is to try to do more video just because of that. So that way I'm not only videotaping things that I think are important. Mm. How, I'm hoping that if I get in the habit of taping everything, I'm I'm gaining more content that I can potentially put out, but I'm also getting myself in the habit so that i'm more relaxed on stage so when i am doing tapings or you know if i have a good set i'm gonna have a good tape (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah well thank you for being on the show today hey this was fantastic yeah where can people find you yeah of course Where, where can people find you online well, I've got my website, which is danbooblets.com, and it is uh, B-U-B-L-I-T-Z, not B-O-O-B, like you think. Uh, <laughs> just got to clarify that sometimes, so you'll, who knows where you'll go <laughs> if you put in that website. <laughs> I, just, I just bought that domain. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, maybe I should go see if that domain's available. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you can go to my website. All my social media is there. Uh, I mean, my social media uh, is dboob. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't even know what it is. Dbooblets comedy. There we go. I was getting confused because my Venmo is different. It's close, but it's like dbub. So mm. <laughs> I was confusing the two. So my social media is D booblets comedy on all platforms and then uh you can find my podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and it has got its own website artabombingpod.com and artabombingpod on all social media platforms awesome and uh i'm your host zach lyman this has been the zach lyman podcast and outro music (laughs) 